0: Hey guys, welcome to Finding Your Edge. My name is Sam, and on this episode Gina and I discussed self-acceptance. We kind of took you guys on a little trip down memory lane and we discussed our early childhood experiences and how those shaped the people who we are today.
1: So there's kind of this idea in your growth journey as a human of learning to love yourself or learning to accept yourself and That term gets thrown around a lot, like self-love, self-acceptance, and kind of wanted to just learn a little bit more about what that's looked like for you and just make it a little bit more real, like what's your journey looked like in accepting yourself? And is there something that's helped you do that more or where are you at? right now
0: I don't know about you but right now I love myself
1: <laughs> I'm so glad to hear that um I feel that way too <laughs> yeah
0: Yay. and I feel like it's it's never been it's never been easy to get to this point for sure yeah. but knowing that I'm at a good point right now I have a hard time trying to remember a point at which I didn't love myself or like like who i am yeah i feel like there's you always have those moments where you may not be accepted a hundred percent in like certain social circles yeah for who you are or just being like unapologetically yourself yeah and certain people may like ridicule you for that or people can be like rude mean nasty or whatever And you can experience that. And like I've definitely experienced that growing up. I'd say more so in like maybe my younger years. The only thing that stands out Mm -hmm. is like middle school being, I guess, the time where I experienced that, I guess, the most vividly.
1: Yeah. School is tough. Like I think especially like middle school, high school can be really tough for a lot of people. It was for me too.
0: But everything I want to say prior to middle school – like elementary and younger i'm like i never was like the cool popular kid and i'm like who is i guess in elementary <laughs> and younger in the like preschool i'll <laughs> be oh, like i'm the coolest preschooler during nap time
1: we're like not that self-conscious at that point really yeah that just starts to come in in like middle school yeah or like mm-hmm. so you especially. don't
0: you don't think about it much then but for sure middle school was the yeah. point where you I feel like that self-conscious or self-assessment part comes in.
1: Yeah, pretty strong. Yeah. And there's all these other people to compare yourself with. Yeah, I feel
0: like middle school was the point where I think I realized or just like you kind of have a bit of self-awareness like around who you are. And if you want to break it down into like there's popular mm. kids and there's like the nerds and loners or jocks or et cetera. Like I think middle school is one of those points where I figured out you're not a popular kid, Sam. <laughs> and I don't know, I think it was okay with it, but I went to a very mm-hmm. small middle school. So for even the most part, even like there really wasn't, I feel like that hierarchy uh, at all in my middle school. I went to a very very small middle school. We were one classroom. Really? Um, well, yeah. It was a it was a private school.
1: Concert? Oh. Yeah, it was gotcha. a private
0: school. Um, what grade did I go there to? Sixth, seventh, and eighth. Is fifth grade middle school?
1: It wasn't for me. I only had middle school for seventh and eighth grade. But I know everyone kind of does it different nowadays. I don't know what the kids are doing
0: nowadays. (laughs) Yeah. So I'll say sixth, seventh, and eighth was middle school because the private school that I'm mentioning, that one um, was very small. Mm -hmm. And yeah, had one teacher. Her name was Mrs. Graves. And she taught all of our subjects. For Mm -hmm. my duration of at least eighth grade, she was my teacher, Mrs. Graves. I forget who I had as teachers for sixth and seventh, but for each of those grades, I had one teacher that taught all, what, five or six subjects? I don't know how many. Mm. So were you
1: friends with everyone then? Um, Yeah,
0: everyone's friends, if you will. We had a small class, like I'd say no more than maybe... 20 students wow yeah
1: that's such an interesting experience because i went to a middle school that had like definitely hundreds i don't know how many but a lot
0: of kids yeah this school this private school you say you had a class that was like definitely hundreds we had a school that was no more than about 400 kids Mm. and that's all the way from preschool to the oldest grade they had was oh, wow. did we have 12th graders at the time yeah we had 12th graders so that was wow, the full yeah. the full gamut from preschool to your 12th graders
1: huh i didn't know that about you yeah <laughs> that you went to that school Hmm. Huh.
0: it was called so, pioneer baptist
1: mm. so even at that like small of a school, you still feel that level of like self conscious. You know where you fit in.
0: A hundred percent. With
1: people. Yeah. Like it, it doesn't really change. That's kind of interesting.
0: I think, like, yeah, kids could be mean. Yeah. And just, I mean, it's probably nothing like what it looks like for kids nowadays in middle school and high school. Boy. But I mean, people are people. I think the only yeah. thing that changed now is they just have different tools and they don't have to be mean to your face they don't have to write notes on pieces of paper and circulate them around the class or just yeah. have side conversations now they could just talk mess about you online facebook instagram
1: it's gonna be so hard dm I think their that...
0: friends or have like private yeah. instagram pages that can just be yeah about who knows what
1: look we didn't have to deal with any of that. Growing up and there's already a level of you feeling self-conscious and wanting to be accepted I felt that so strongly when I was in middle school and high school Like just wanting to be accepted by everyone and I feel like that's common like everyone feels that way But yeah, I can't imagine now with social media and everything Like all the different tools Like what that would feel like now just growing up, yeah, with so much more comparison and so many other ways to, yeah, connect. Yeah, trying to figure and out, have like people make fun of Yeah, you're just, like, you're on comparison overload. And, yeah, I guess it's an important part of your growth to try to figure out who you are. Like, you're comparing yourself. You're trying to figure out who you are and who you're not and what you like and what you don't like and how to interact with people. But I felt like, yeah, that stage was very uncomfortable (laughs) I kind of wanted to someone to just like go out in the middle of the quad and be like it's all good like everyone just relax you know like everyone's Mm -hmm. just on edge and maybe it was just me and I was projecting that on everyone but I felt like everyone was really like oh how do I look you know how just it's so 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 self-conscious and it's yeah just like like that the whole time you're there all the years. Is you're this done. your
0: middle school experience you're describing?
1: Middle school and high school. I'd say probably high school was the most self conscious I felt because of all of the like clicks and the hierarchies and, or, you know, seeming hierarchies and stuff. But middle school was definitely the first time I felt more self conscious, kind of like what you were saying. Like, oh, where do I fit in? And yeah, it's. It's interesting because like at that point, I'm totally not aware of how I feel about myself or my like childhood traumas and like the things I'm already bringing to the table. Like I'm totally unaware of that at this point in middle school or high school of like these are the things that I'm already self-conscious about and I'm bringing this to this setting and now I'm trying to compare myself to everyone else. And yeah, it's kind of a I felt like I was really lost at that time and kind of like, yeah, using everyone else as a reference for my own self-acceptance. So, yeah, it's pretty, pretty interesting looking back on that.
0: Yeah, it's it's difficult. Like for me, my like one thing that was very difficult for me, um, especially if you want to talk about like the transition from mm-hmm. middle school to high school, going from a school that had four hundred kids or so in the entire school and yeah. then going to a school that has four thousand yeah kids you
1: went to a freaking in huge the entire school.
0: school. We're talking like ten times as much.
1: That's like a shock, like my God
0: it Who are was you people. Yeah. It was very it was it was an adjustment. Yeah. Um And I went to that school with basically the new school, the new high school, Lakewood high school. That's where I graduated from Mm -hmm. having one friend um, that Mm -hmm. I knew from my previous school, middle Mm -hmm. school. And we were not like super tight. We weren't the closest friends, but we were friendly enough. And like, he knew a few people going into the school as well for my first year and a half there, like freshman year into like halfway through sophomore year he was him and his group of friends were like the only ones that I really hung out with on certain days um and if I wasn't doing that you could for sure catch me in hanging out in like my favorite teacher's classrooms uh, <laughs> shout out miss Williams or in the hallways of that same building just reading books like back in high school that's when I found my my love for reading mm-hmm. Um As I would spend like 30 my 30 or like 40 minute lunch periods and just sit in the hallways and just read specifically it was um what were the books I was reading at that time um if you know the Aragon oh books, yeah <laughs> the inheritance cycle is what they're called I, they are really really thick books yeah like hundreds of pages I think the first one the first book was like at least two to three hundred pages and it was like the largest book that I've ever read at that time yeah Um, and then like the last book in the series of four was about a thousand pages so they incrementally got bigger and longer you're already
1: invested so now we're gonna hit you with the thousand page book
0: (laughs) yeah um but yeah i'd say for at least that first few years Mm. like hung out with my friend angel there but he really wasn't the closest with me like i really didn't know nor identify with his friend group so i spent a lot of freshman and sophomore year just like hanging out with myself and being comfortable with
1: yeah how did you feel about yourself at that point in your life?
0: Um, Honestly, for the most part, like I didn't mind it. Yeah. Like it wasn't something that like I would come home and just be like so sad and distraught and upset. Like, yeah, I have no friends or who am I? But I was very aware yeah. of what was going on and what was taking place. Like the fact that I spent a lot of time in my teacher's class during lunch nobody else did i was the only one hanging out in her classroom at lunchtime you know Um, yeah and sitting in the hallways like on times or days that i couldn't be in her classroom or etc nobody else was chilling out in the hallways maybe like no more than i'd say at a max 10 kids and that's being generous um so i was very aware i feel like where not like where I stood, but what I was doing was not the norm, if you will. Yeah. for the most part, at least from my perspective, everybody had friends and they were all out on the yard mm-hmm. or in the quad or etc., just hanging out with their groups, chatting it up, shooting yeah. the shit or doing whatever and you could find me in the hallway. But like <laughs> I didn't I didn't mind it. All I yeah. would say the best way to put it is just I was aware of my position at that time but yeah I feel like I found my my solace in reading a lot of the time yeah yeah I definitely
1: think think, like
0: it kept me occupied enough
1: yeah that's good books are good I didn't start liking reading until I was like in college so that's great (laughs) yeah I,
0: I would have probably been a lot later to liking reading if it wasn't for my mother because that first book Mm. she was the one who handed it to me I think she got it for my birthday um Uh, that's cute or Christmas and I would have never found like I love Mm. the Aragon series books I love the author Christopher Paolini and he has other books as well (laughs) like it's just that book is like very that author in those that book series if you will is very formative for me yeah um,
1: that's funny eric so yeah the if same it wasn't thing.
0: for her if it wasn't for her my partner. i would have not known <laughs> anything about that books book mm. series you nice. said eric read it
1: he he says like a very similar thing to you He's like oh, like it just has fond fondness for it
0: of that series yeah <laughs> i didn't know he read that series yeah I that's like... funny I feel like, we'll um, have to talk about that.
1: Yeah, I feel like I've heard that from a few people before. But yeah, he's one of them. But yeah, I definitely think that you can't not know where you stand in, in high school. And I think that starts to be, yeah, your kind of phase into getting more self-conscious. And for me, I felt like I was trying to ignore like being accepted like oh i don't really care but then deep down i really cared and yeah i was kind of in a weird place there and i didn't start to really accept myself more until i got into college and i started i think after i got out of high school i just felt the sense of freedom like oh i'm free i can just be whoever now i could literally show up tomorrow and like be bald and no one would give a shit like versus high school, <laughs> everyone would be like, whoa, <laughs> like what are yeah. you who do you think you are? Um, and I just felt that pressure kind of in high school, like, oh, you have to be the way that you are or else everyone's gonna point it out. And so when I got into college, I was just like, I don't freaking care anymore. Like I felt just very free to be however I wanted. And then it was interesting. I just got so much more extroverted in college, which I always felt like I was or wanted to be, but in high school I was pretty quiet actually. Like I wasn't that social. Mm -hmm. Um I just like was kind of trying to fly under the radar so that I wouldn't be noticed really and no one would make fun of me. And that was my way of like maintaining my self-acceptance. Like, okay, I'm just gonna like not not be problematic, not uh, you know, get any attention and then I'll be good. And so yeah, in college I very much felt like totally free and was exploring what I actually liked. And that's the, I think that was when I actually like found hobbies. <laughs> like, oh, I like rock climbing. I like surfing. I like, mm-hmm. I play, I played music always. Like I played guitar and stuff before, but I definitely felt the freedom of, I just want to see what I like to do. And I didn't feel any of that judgment anymore. Cause like I didn't have anyone or any structure in my life that felt judgmental. For some reason, high school just felt like that to me. Like I couldn't would, just like be whatever. I was going to get called out. What were you going to ask?
0: Would you say that's the first point in your life that you felt like you were coming into your own? i you so. Or like yeah. finding your tribe?
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I think in high school, I was like so scared. I was just so self-conscious. And I think... I'm already pretty, I think my whole life I've been very self-conscious just because of like my childhood, my childhood trauma. And Uh so, yeah, I think I grew up a lot with a feeling of like, just, I don't know, something's wrong with me. And that was kind of my like core belief for a lot of the time. I didn't know that though. It was like very subconscious. But yeah, me thinking that I caused my parents split and divorce, and like as a young child, you internalize that. Like I internalized that very emotionally. And so I kept going through my life. Yeah. Kind of like afraid of what people would think of me because I was really judgmental on myself of like, oh, you're doing this wrong or like just, I don't know. Yeah. Very, very self-conscious. And so that definitely that's still I like feel some of that still but I've definitely let a lot more of it go and like have become really conscious of it and have learned to slowly heal that but college was the first time that I actually felt the freedom to yeah be yourself be myself and yeah, then, that's interesting
0: because yeah. conversely for me although those like first year and a half of high school was definitely like just formative and it's just like me on my own and I felt like I didn't have I think the reason like why you asked earlier if it affected me or like it bothered me I don't think it did a lot because if you look at like the breakdown of me and my siblings I'm five years apart from the next sibling so Mm -hmm. in like what psychology or science would tell you like are your most formative years as a child or like ages 0 to 7 so like 0 to 5 it was just me and of course
1: and you had a good time
0: <laughs> yeah and if That's if you good. will like even 0 to 7 like the second child he would have only been 2 years old and i am already 5 mm-hmm. 6 going on to 7 years old so i'm really not like yeah he's a baby you know yeah so we're not hanging out attention. i'm not really creating a relationship I don't know in mm. I guess the most traditional sense you would like to think of, you know,
1: mm-hmm.
0: with yeah. this baby as a 5-year-old. Um so yeah, I think I probably didn't hanging out by myself didn't really phase me too much cuz maybe mm. I was used to that to a certain extent. But yeah, come halfway to sophomore year then all the way into junior and senior year I did find my tribe of people. Mm. Um, I met this one girl in one of my computer classes. Um, her name was her name was Leslie, and we initially had a computer class together. And she was like my partner, so we like sat across from each other. So we just got to know each other throughout two semesters, and then the following year, or I think not the following year, the following semester. So within the same year, but. Um, we had a spanish class together i believe and she introduced me or brought me in to the group of friends that came to be like my core like my people or my tribe if you will for at least the last three years of high school um and that's like that's where i feel like i came into my own or started like finding like mm-hmm. oh there's people that like things that i like they like to read or they're interested in similar music that i'm into like at that time like i really liked a lot of alternative and like indie stuff like that and like you probably there was not a lot of Black kids like me that were probably into that stuff. Like mm-hmm. a lot of them, like oh, like their rap, their hip hop, their R and B. Mm-hmm. And I feel like with respect to like even just the music that was played in the house or the things that my parents listened to, my mom listened to a lot of country or alternative as well. So I was already mm-hmm. predisposed to stuff like that, and it was just kind of natural that the people that listened to similar stuff did not look like me, you know. Mm. So we just had a lot of similar interests, and I think that's where where I found found my tribe at that time and yeah
1: that definitely. they helped.
0: were I mean for all intents and purposes like nerds or geeks or dorks whatever phrase you <laughs> want to use just like me you know mm. and yeah they were my friends I enjoyed them I still keep yeah. in contact with a lot of them to this day yeah it definitely helps and it's our podcast oh nice <laughs> shout out to him
1: <laughs> that's awesome yeah it definitely helps to have friends I think that that definitely like soothed my ride through high school. I, I have friends that I made too that I absolutely love and I still talk to you. And that that definitely helps. Yeah. 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 I, I think I was still... Hmm?
0: No, I was just laughing. We just like, yeah. Oh. <laughs> Had a little a lull <laughs> there.
1: <laughs> yeah. I was just kind of reminiscing like, oh.
0: Same. That's what in... I was thinking. I'm just like, yeah, good times. <laughs>
1: back in the day. Yeah, it was interesting because I think I actually did get a lot of external validation in high school. Like I had a lot of good friends that were really supportive and encouraging and amazing. It was just me internally not really being sure of myself and not really knowing myself that well. And I think kind of what I was talking about before, like I didn't really allow myself to express Myself the way that I wanted to, or explore like what I actually liked, hobbies, whatever. And so I've found that yeah, to accept myself, I have to know myself more. Mm-hmm. And I have to allow myself to, yeah, more internally. I think that can be very uncomfortable too. Cause there's a lot of stuff that's like brewing there. It's very emotional for you to Yeah. I think that can be it.
0: different. Like if you don't have A framework around you that assists you or like lends that olive branch if you will of external Mm -hmm. validation whether that be like friends or your parents yeah or different peers that validate you in those areas and kind of like let you know that yeah you're on the right path or like yeah that's a good idea or whatever it is just external validation in any sense yeah like if you don't have that and if you're not if you don't have like the forethought or at least like the knowledge to start thinking in that manner of like okay if i'm not getting that external validation yeah i have to create it for myself internally yeah and if you're not there to start thinking about that you're not going to have it so i could see why the yeah that may have came a little later
1: i think children like really need a lot of external validation and like the the more that you get older then you don't really need it as much but yeah, yeah you're trying 100%. to like yeah form your view of the world and yourself and yeah you don't know a whole lot so you're not really looking internally as much no you're looking you... out there like well, you guys got to figure it out right let me in on the knowledge on the secrets and yeah yeah so i love very... i love
0: hearing you say that because like i've worked with kids for <laughs> <laughs> i don't know years and years yeah. I feel like from the beginning till in some respects still now and external validation or just validating them and yeah. praising them is it's hugely key. Kind of like forget that's a, like that's a big now key. that
1: you're an adult. Yeah but it is. And yeah you work with kids so you know.
0: Yeah. Even as adults like we need external validation every now and again. Is true. Yeah. Your, your workplace or your home life with your partners
1: true yeah yeah i think that it definitely can let you know that you're on you're on the right track or you're doing something right like if your partner never like externally validated you in any way then you'd be like hey like are you happy here am i doing something right like give me a sign (laughs) we do kind of need yeah some signals from people
0: yeah it's like nice to have in doses but you definitely should not rely on it a hundred percent because when those relationships are no longer there or if validating someone is not that person's strong suit and it's something that they have to actually work at yeah when it comes to like praising their partner or or praising their child or etc it just doesn't come naturally to them yeah like you need to as an individual pick up where they can't yeah and like know how to how to validate yourself or accept yourself or find your own sense of self-worth in the things you do or yeah basically who you are
1: yeah I think it can get pretty slippery when in a bad way not in a not in a good way when you're relying Mm -hmm. way too much on other people telling you that you're so great or you're this and that and if that disappears then you feel like crap about yourself and yeah, I think that definitely came in when I was younger for sure. And I think that like something I've even been thinking about recently is in romantic relationships, just how much of my self-acceptance I put into those. Like in high school when I had my first relationship and mm-hmm. every like relationship after that. Um, yeah, I think I was still very much trying to have them accept me and give me a lot of validation so that I could feel great about myself and kind of trying to bypass getting to know myself or accepting myself by just like giving it to someone else. You do it for me so I can feel good. And yeah, that definitely was me all through many relationships. And yeah, I think to some extent still a little bit now. But I just, I see it and I recognize it when I start feeling that way. And I just know that I I can come back to like my own truth that I know and accept myself now. When you get I in I those
0: moments it. and you start recognizing that you're falling into those old habits or those old patterns. Yeah. How do you, like, it's one thing to see it and recognize it but what action do you take i think that would be a good mm-hmm. i don't know tip yeah. for listeners to figure if they start seeing those patterns in themselves how do they yeah. take I'll the give action an, to get out of it
1: yeah i'll give you an example like even just the other week maybe i was thinking with my partner okay why why is he not um yeah giving me more compliments about Me cleaning the house or something. (laughs) And there was some specific situation. It was something like that. But basically, I wanted more of his validation. And I wanted him to tell me that I was doing a good job or that, like, pat me on the back, basically. And I remember kind of having this moment of, like, oh, why can't you do this? And I started to feel bad about myself, like doubting if he cared about me. That's my pattern. I'm like, oh, if I'm not getting enough validation, they must not care about me anymore. They're gonna leave, abandonment, like fears, just fear of love flying out the window and never coming back. And I noticed that. Yeah. And I noticed that. I noticed that. And I think really the big like foundation of that has been just trying to understand myself. Like you don't have to do therapy, but I think therapy helps with that. And it's helped me. Like Mm what are yeah what are those patterns for you that you can recognize them and then you just kind of realize oh this is my pattern like i know that i've felt this before this is like a trigger for me then i just pause and yeah just kind of like feel that like oh that feels like shit like you know just you're there and you acknowledge it and you just see it for what it is like okay i know that's why i feel that way it's because i felt these things in the past because of my childhood and you connect it and you you kind of understand it. This is what works for me. And then after that, yeah, there's a level of acceptance. Like, okay, that's kind of where I'm at right now. But what's the actual truth here? And I think that's the only thing that really pulls me out is you start spiraling. I'll start going, oh, he's gonna leave me or he doesn't love me anymore. And then I just pause, acknowledge that, accept that, and then realize like, okay, what's actually true though? And I start to realize like, there's no like lack of love. There's no actual truth to anything that I'm thinking of. Because it wasn't sometimes, anything that
0: was verbalized.
1: Yeah. Sometimes there can be, you know, it's not like you should always just dismiss yourself like, oh no, you know, I shouldn't feel that way. It's not about that. It's more about going to the truth that, you are lovable. You're completely lovable the way that you are and you don't need anyone's external validation to truly feel that. It's nice to have, but it's it doesn't say anything about your self-worth. And so yeah, I have to keep going back. Cherries there. on top. Yeah, I have to keep going back there. I like decoration, you know. It's like not not really. Yeah. It's not the Sunday, it's the cherry on top for sure. Or the yeah. sprinkles. And so yeah, I just really need to root myself back into the truth that, like, okay, I, I know that I'm totally worthy and lovable, and I need to feel that, not just like think it, like okay, yeah, I know. Not like that. Feel it, like emotionally, energetically, like embody that. Like I am fucking worthy. Yes, feel it, feel it, and sit in that if you need.
0: One. Hearing you, hearing you talk about that, kind of reminds me of another way to kind of dig yourself out of that ruts of like feeling like you're the lack of self self acceptance or self worth. I don't, you don't mm-hmm. know if you remember. I think I may have spoken with you about it. The um, coach that I was working with through my employer for mm-hmm. yeah uh, a few weeks at a time, and it's not all. It's not like directly related, but I feel like. It is related in some sense to what we're talking about. Um, One thing we were discussing had a lot to do with like self-worth and um, as it obviously is related to yourself in the workplace and like things that you know you're good at. Mm. And one thing he recommended to me in our coaching sessions was creating what's called a dig list Mm. and stands for darn I'm good. (laughs) Nice. And yeah, it's pretty funny, but like it, I found it to be very helpful. Um, yeah, because you sit the time, take the time, sit down, and create your dig list about all the things that you know you are good at.
1: Just at work or in general?
0: It it well, that's the thing. For this was work it was related, but... so. Yeah. This was work related, so mine when I created gotcha. mine had to do a lot with work. But just right. hearing us have this conversation right now, I started thinking about that because mm. it's multidimensional. Yeah, the way he was like, even though he was, he's a he consi- I forget what his his title is, but mm-hmm. he doesn't consider himself like uh, a therapist, but he's more like a counselor and a coach, but still has all. Yeah all the training and etc that like a therapist would go go through. He has his master's and is pursuing his doctorates um as well and has like tons of experience um in so many different things. Um so all his advice definitely comes from like that stance, if -hmm. you will. So it wasn't even though the advice he's giving like apply these tools to work, there Mm -hmm. was also moments where he's like these tools can apply to any area in your life yeah. and that's where i feel like that dig list can definitely apply in these moments in moments where maybe you're feeling like oh i don't accept myself or i can't figure out like my sense of self-worth or etc that yeah. could be like a very practical tool to maybe help dig you <laughs> dig.
1: <laughs> you out of
0: <laughs> a rut if you will by creating that dig list and yeah. once like you that. get down and you create that you can kind of look back at it and be like Wow, these are all the things that I'm good at. These are all the things that I'm capable of.
1: Yeah, I like that. We and just, don't Just like take the things that you, that you
0: are anything. very like you're just very aware of cuz everyone yeah. knows what they're good at.
1: Yeah. Yeah, we don't really think about that as consciously a lot of the time. I think a lot of people are very prone to thinking about the things that they're not good at and the things that they're working on, which is great. But yeah, I like that cuz it's nice to just take stock and Mm -hmm. appreciate what you're good at because it actually does help you to really use the strengths that you have it's like if you don't appreciate them then you don't really use them as much yeah so yeah that's good definitely like just reminding yourself yeah, of who you are and all of your yeah all of your glory and if you can't like having people around you to reflect that to you I think it's really yeah, huge. Yeah, that's,
0: that's also, it's funny you say that's also something he re- he mentioned as well. Like if you can't figure it out, talk to people who know you best. Like there is a lot of things that they may realize about you that you may not realize about yourself that you may be good at or things that you're well equipped for that other people recognize in you. Yeah. So sometimes you just need to ask that question of those people that you feel comfortable. Yeah. Asking those questions of in your life.
1: Yeah, definitely. That definitely helps. I think that yeah, that that definitely helps a lot. I've also noticed that self-acceptance for me has been really hard cuz I've identified with my experiences, my emotions, my everything. Like this is like a like an ego thing. I'm like trying to describe an ego thing of just like you're not you're not your emotions, you're not your thoughts. You're not even your past experiences. Like I think we're just I attach myself, we all attach ourselves like to these things that we feel like this is what we are. Like mm-hmm. oh, I am my insecurity or I am my whatever the heck it is or, you know, your your problems or yeah, your your emotions that you can't seem to control. And yeah, I think that's really key. Like just reminding yourself of who you are. And the reality is that like you're so much bigger than all of that. And that is, that says very little about you actually. But we like to attach ourselves to it. Like even yeah, my, to even my, ex- things. yeah, even my experiences as like from my childhood, like that doesn't define me. Like that can, bring up patterns in my thoughts. And like, these are things that I have to learn about myself, but that's, you're just so much more than that. And I think, yeah, yeah, we can get tripped up with that. And I definitely have. So, yeah, I think it's really like, just the more you can understand yourself, the more that you'll start to get everything like, okay, that I get why I feel that way now. It makes sense. Like maybe it's from your childhood, maybe from a past relationship. There's always a reason for something and you just get this fuller picture of yourself and you just have so much more compassion and understanding. And then that comes with acceptance and
0: so Yeah, we're all multifaceted yeah. human human beings and those small moments where we feel like we're not worthy of that self-worth or self-acceptance from ourselves those are literally just small moments and blips on the radar that yeah are not full definitions of totally. who you are entirely yeah.
1: yeah totally yeah the truth is like you're you're so much bigger than that and you are worthy you're here that's why <laughs> like you're yeah. here for a reason and I think that a certain measure of like faith comes in at this point but I think like I've experienced that, that life is meaningful and there's purpose to it and there's a reason why we go through things and we're having this experience because we're worthy. We're here because we're worthy and Mm -hmm. there's no way that you're not loved. Like You're connected to everything and the more that you can understand also the world or life, the universe, I think that you also start to accept yourself more because you just realize that there's no way that you're not worthy. Like That's just not a thing. Like you're yeah. so connected to everything. And were
0: these not a question that needed to be answered? Yeah.
1: <laughs> Is that a Dakota um yeah. <laughs> quote? <laughs> it's from
0: one of his poems. Yeah. I love that, I love I love that, that one. That's that so little good. quote from his poem so much. Cause it's it's not a question. Yeah. There's no answer to it. Yeah. It's just you just are.
1: You just are. And it feels so good to to feel that, to really like embody that. And it's because it's true. It's true, but um, yeah, <laughs> I think that's a good yeah. note to end on. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> love you all. You are so worthy, and I hope you feel that. Feel the energy in your body. Find Meditate that on it. acceptance Yeah,
0: we'll catch you guys next time. See ya. Bye. Bye.
1: Thanks so much for listening. It was really fun to talk to Sam and just go through this whole journey of our lives talking about self-acceptance, and self-acceptance really is a journey. And I hope you got something out of that and helped you. I hope that helped you reflect on your own journey. Finding Your Edge is hosted by me, Sam Smith, and edited by Dylan Rand. If you liked this episode, follow the show wherever you get your podcast, and leave us a review. It really helps us out.